It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And it is the Grinch, the walker of all things Houston. The big the, Ravens the, fan. The, the, the big thing, Ravens fan, notorious Ravens the, fan. The person Jason who, who we credit all back close to, who said it? Lloyd said it. Who said it? Lloyd said it. He's also the next mayor of Houston. Right. That's true. That's true. Hey, hey, Jason. Uh, yeah. Good. Jason, did you, when Andrew Berry said, we just put the, the tweet up when Andrew Berry said about the play calling, he said it's going to be up to Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Uh, on if Kevin Stefanski would call plays, part of that depends on where we land with the staff. It's one of his strengths. He says it's Stefanski's decision. Did anybody laugh out loud when he said that, or was it all quiet? I'm curious. <laughs> no, it was all quiet. Uh, oh. You know, listen, we all have our our theories and beliefs and things that we think we know, and I'm no different. And uh, we'll see. We'll see where this whole thing leads and where this goes. Uh, I, I was, you know, I was interesting to me to hear how effusive in praise he was of Kevin's play calling ability and said it was one of his greatest strengths and thinks he hasn't even come close to scratching the surface yet in terms of being a head coach. Uh, so we'll see where this goes. The names that they've, you know, I was talking to Zach Jackson about this before the press conference, obviously my partner at the athletic, the names that they've interviewed so far for the OC are not guys you would think would be play callers. That's exactly uh, what you I know, said Ken, are you going to, are you going to bring Ken Dorsey in here and make him the play caller over Kevin? Like, no, I, I don't think sense. so. So, so the names that we've heard now, this also could just be, they could be waiting on someone. Zach made that point, you know, go look at Clay Kubiak. Who's on the Niners staff. He's their passing game coordinator, young guy, obviously Gary's son, you know, could they just be waiting on someone else to become available for one of these seasons to end on one of these teams that are still going, you know, we still have to let the rest of this thing play out. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see where this goes. We'll see how it shakes out. What about I guess that's Eric all I'm going to say on that right now. What about Eric Bieniemy? I don't th- – I, I mean, maybe, sure. I, I know that's a name. Now, that's an interesting one because I know, you know, I think we talked about on the show last week, that's one that I know Deshaun was interested in uh, when he was in Houston, and the people in Houston basically said that's a bad match, and they wouldn't do it. Um and we'll see where wh- how this shakes out with what's going on in Washington. Obviously, I saw Rivera's uh, interviewing today for a, a D.C. job. So that whole staff is probably in, in limbo right now. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, that could be another name uh, to to watch for now. Jason, what do you make of, the, of Deshaun Watson's comments 
um, that was on with Cam Newton in the podcast. He talked about the, the 50 descriptive plays, and he wasn't a really big fan of it. Um, do you think that there's a difference in philosophy on some things with Stefanski uh, and Deshaun Watson in terms of how this offense is going to look or a different, you know, just basically the, the way the offense is run? Well, I mean, I talked about it on the show after the Baltimore game. I mentioned this a couple times that, you know, after the game when, when at Baltimore, when they came back and won, and he was great in the second half, and and Deshaun said, you know, this is an adjustment for me. And it's it's not that he was saying he wouldn't do it. He's just saying he's never done it before, and it's it's something new to him of going under center and, and working on play action and doing some of these different things that really he's never really done in his career. Uh, so, you know, that that's where I guess I would fall on that, and that's what I would have to say about that. I, until given more information otherwise of, you know, they did come this, they, you know, Kevin did say, I can draw up a hundred plays. We'll run the ones you like and the ones you don't like, we'll throw them out and we'll come up with a hundred new ones. Um, you know, like what, what, whatever, whatever you want to do, we can do. And, uh, and, and so there was some collaboration there, but ultimately did it get to the point where Deshaun felt comfortable? I don't know. All I know is what he said after the Baltimore game, which was he he liked some of the concepts and he wasn't familiar with them, and he need, he needed more time uh, and to get more comfortable with them. And then obviously he was hurt, and that time never came. Jason, uh, the Nick Chubb comments that he made usually Andrew Berry says nothing, as you know, but at least on you know we're reading the tweets, we're not there, but it looked like. When it comes to Nick Chubb, they, they are very interested in bringing him back. Obviously, they got to figure out the money. But based on the comments, it sounds like they understand that it's pretty important to bring him back. Did you, did you see it that way? Yeah, but it's it's going to come down to the money. And, and, and yeah, that's the, the quote there that no one wants to see the carry in Pittsburgh be the last time that he carries the ball for the Browns. And that's, I mean, everybody would agree with that. I, I think everybody would want to see him back. It's going to come down to can they agree on the money? Because he's not coming back. I mean, listen, he's under contract for next year, right? So all they have to do is, if they really want him that badly, then they just pay him a $16 million and we go. But that's not reality. That's not the reality that we're in. So it's going to come down to can they agree on a number that both sides are comfortable with. And I don't know right now. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if it's a low base with a, with a lot of incentives. I don't know if Nick would agree to that. Uh, I don't know if they are willing to go a little bit higher, if they're willing to stretch a little bit higher. He also talked about the importance of the backup quarterback spot. Well, if you're going to pay your starter $64 million and you're going to pay a backup X amount and you're going to pay Nick X amount, you're going to run out of cash at some point under the cap. So, And they can rework Deshaun, I know, and they probably maybe will again. But the, the point remains that there's only so much you can do. Uh, so it's, I would like to think Nick will be back next year, and there was a time where I didn't think that was going to happen. But I think the injury sort of showed them how – uh, how thin they are back there, and, and maybe Jerome Ford isn't what they thought. He's certainly not what I thought he was going to be in a, in a lead role, in a feature back role. So maybe that uh, helps spur something along to get something done with Nick to bring him back. Wow, a lot of question marks for a team that uh, won 11 <laughs> games and made a playoff game. Jace, Jason, I'm wondering, uh, it's really hard. We're reading these the text of these comments. Yeah. On the Stefanski issue alone, um, the read between the line vibe that you picked up from Andrew Barry and the chance that he's going to be calling plays, is there anything that the text of those comments misses? And 
was it strong enough for you to develop an, a theory on what they're going to do here? I mean, when the GM comes out and says one of he thinks one of his best strengths is play calling, okay, well then let's see in September who's calling the plays. Uh, you know, and again, like the names that they've interviewed to this point for the OC job don't scream to me of guys who are going to take over the play calling. So there's got, there's something else. If Kevin's really going to relinquish the play calling, then there's something else in the works here. There's some, there's, there's something else that has to fall because the guys that they've talked to are not guys that anyone should feel comfortable with Kevin relinquishing the play no. calling to. Especially when so, Kevin held so tightly to the idea that he continues calling plays. What about the extension? What was your vibe on that? Because that to me felt like I was surprised that he answered it the way he did. No, that, I mean, that was, that was standard. We're not going to talk about player contracts. We're not going to talk about coaches. He was effusive in the praise for Kevin all day long and saying about uh, his, his emotional maturity and the fact he's, he should be the coach of the year twice now within his first four years. And he hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he can be. Like he was over the top and glowing with praise. Ultimately it's going to come down to ownership. It's not even an Andrew question. It's an ownership question in terms of whether or not the head coach gets extended. Uh, again, remember, Kevin was here before Andrew. Like, that, no one ever, that, that just gets glossed over anymore. But, I mean, the timing of events was Kevin got here first, and then Andrew came. So if anyone's going to decide on when Kevin gets an extension, it's probably going to be the Haslam's, not even even Andrew or, or Paul. Uh, but I, I, do, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I, I would hope that he gets an extension. Uh, certainly he should. Now's the time to do it with a year left on his deal. Uh, but, I, you know, Andrew said nothing in there that makes you think that he, that would not be happening or that there's any sort of reason to be down on Kevin um, just because, like, like I, I was a little bit surprised at how over the top in praise that he was, which he's earned, Good. you know, yeah, which I think yeah. he's earned. Are, are, are so you, now we'll see where it goes. Are you a little surprised the Haslam's didn't, didn't speak? Like, you know, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Or do are the no, owners they only going to come out and talk when the team does bad and they're going to have major changes? Or you know, are you you know, will we possibly hear from them at any point in time? They talk. Season? They talk at the owners' meetings, um, and I think once during the preseason, like in training camp, they talk. Because at the owners' meetings, there's only a handful of writers that are that are even at that. It's not very much media. It's only probably three or four local media, and they're usually all writers that attend those. And they and and Jimmy and D typically talk once during early in training camp. I think they spoke at the Greenbrier, maybe I don't remember now, because uh, I wasn't there when they did talk. But and that's really about it. That's all you really hear from them, uh, which I have to say, is more than you hear from the other owners in town. So you know, yeah. as much as as much as as much as we bang on uh, ownership at times, and rightfully so, justifiably so. They at least do stand there and answer questions. When's the last time Paul Dolan answered a question? Yeah, good point. When's the last time? Uh, I mean, we haven't heard from Cavs ownership since Dan's health incident. Oh, so, yeah. you know, so the Browns at least, you know, and we certainly have our qualms with with how they've run things. 
but at least Jimmy and D are willing to stand up there and take questions a couple times a year. Yeah, Dolan actually made a comment at uh, Guardians Fest. I was pretty pissed off about his comment, but we'll get to that later. Jason, last thing. What what did is there anything we haven't talked about here that stood out? Anything of note from the press conference? The coaches' firings. Out? What was said about that? Yeah, what? Yeah, that or anything else? He wouldn't talk about AVP and all that until the staff is settled. He said there's still too much in flux, um, and he didn't like there's there's still there, there's still uncertainty, and obviously there's still positions open. So I mean, honestly, with where they're at. Probably next time that'll come up is at the combine. The staff should be in order by then. I doubt that they would hold a press conference with the GM for the OC. Maybe I'm wrong, but my my guess would be the next time Andrew talks would be at the at the combine. Um, and the only other thing that stood, I mean, the Flacco conversation. You know, he he sidestepped. Will you bring Joe back? And he said it was like Jacoby last year. Love to have him back, but we'll wait and see. Well, obviously Jacoby did not return. I still, I still, he, he shot down the idea that you can't bring him back, which I disagree with. I totally still believe you cannot bring him back in that locker room. Uh, but he dismissed that and said, there's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't believe that. And, uh, he, he values the backup quarterback spot. Jay, to your point, he values it like a top 30 position on the roster. And, uh, we'll see if now, if they handle it as such, cause I don't know if you really handle it as a top 30 position, did you really think Dorian Thompson Robinson was one of your top 30 guys last year? But I, again, I just think it comes down. And, and, and he said like, we'd like to carry three quarterbacks. And I said three on the 53 or is that kind of practice squad spot? And he said, you know, we'll get to that and we'll sort that out. And, you know, I Zach told me they have carried three in the past on the 53. I still don't, I I'd be surprised if they do. Um, but I'm in the minority on that. A lot of people think that they're going to make some sort of move. I, I guess I just want to see where this magical backup quarterback comes from. And maybe it's Joe. Maybe they just bring Joe back and roll the dice with it. Although I don't think that's going to be the case. But you can't, just because you have a need, the, the demand doesn't always match the need. And he did say that, uh, you know, they've spent big on backup quarterbacks in the past year. And they have, you know, with Case Keenum and then with Jacoby, they've spent money on backup quarterback. But obviously they weren't paying the starter what they're paying the starter now. So that makes a significant difference in how much you can devote to the backup quarterback. So we'll see how this shakes out. We'll see if there's a, a veteran starter that becomes available that um, that they like, that they're willing to put up some money for, that they would count as a as sort of a top 30 roster spot. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see what's left over and what gets done with Nick. And the only other thing he said about the OC is it doesn't have to be ties to Deshaun, and they're looking for the best guy for the job. By the way, speaking of Flacco, uh, not 100% set in stone, but but it looks very likely that I will be interviewing him on my podcast sometime in the next 48 hours. Good. Oh, nice. Ask him if he wants to be back. I'm going to ask him very specific questions. All right, Jace. Thanks for the insight. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, guys. I'll see you. I'll see you later this week. Great. Thanks, Jason. So that's what he was talking about. We lead the league in backup quarterback ventures yeah because he's right they have spent big on backup quarterback they did until this year which um, again they will spend a lot more on Watson this year and that's the thing moving forward you're going to pay your starting quarterback 64 million yeah you're probably going to pay your backup quarterback a million two million yeah I mean it's just, just the way it is yeah we'll see all right guys we got one more word from FanDuel for today and then we'll hop into the rest of our topics but the NFL regular season is beginning to wrap up and the postseason is underway which means FanDuel is still the number one place to make all your bets and the number one sportsbook in America. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. 
just by placing a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And the best part is the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best and easiest way to find popular parlays and so much more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Hey, Mike, before we, before get we to do the, our next topic, shoot, real quickly, um, they asked me if I would do this, so I, and I, I said I would. It should be of interest to some of our viewers. Tomorrow night is the big Cleveland Sports Awards Gala. It's the one night out of the year where you get folks from all of the sports teams to come together. It's at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Um, it's always a very fun evening. A, a lot of folks um, of note will be there. Um, Stephen Vogt, we'll get to hear from him for the first time. Um, since his initial hiring, he's going to be here um, to present. Joel Betonio will present. Anderson Varejao will present. Josh Cribbs will present. Chris Rose will present. And I will be presenting as well. Um, Lifetime Achievement Awards, you guys know the deal. Play of the year, player of the year, athlete of the year, all of that. It's always a really fun night. To me, the highlight of it, of it is the, uh, the silent auction that is live. And even if you're not there, you can participate online. Just go to clevelandsports.com. The items that they have for the, if you're a big Cleveland sports fan and you're looking for that centerpiece piece of memorabilia, this is always the best place to nail that down. Um, so you got your outfit picked out. I do not. No, I, I'm not a big planner on stuff like that. You, you got to wear no tuxedo. I'll pick it out tomorrow. No, I don't typically wear a tux. Not even when I was the, um, the featured speaker that I wear a tux. I've seen guys wear tuxes to it. Very few. Did but you wear a tux at your wedding? I did. Okay. I wore a there tux uh, for a number of years. I was the host for um, that every summer at Progressive Field. There'd be an event for um, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. And they had a big ALS event, and I would be the MC, and I, I would wear a tux for that. Well, broke the tux out. <laughs> I probably won't break mine out tomorrow. I'd have yeah. to be in some kind of mood to do that. For all you young guys out there, man, here's a, here's a, here's a swag, uh, a little tip to get, to get your, uh, you know, get your little mojo going. Make sure that you, you, you turn it into a man, get you some attention. Suit Saturdays. Here's what you do. You put your suit on, maybe a blazer. You go someplace. You hang out, you know what I'm saying? Maybe go sit down and, 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 you know, have a meal by yourself, but make sure you keep your suit on, get your suit, and watch how many people will treat you differently. Mm, yeah, that's well, that's a, fact. that's a fact. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, who is this guy? It, it just shows that you you, you, you you plugged in even on the weekends. Yeah. So just like the guys. body body ink, yeah. uh, people will treat you differently. Yeah. Hairstyle, yeah. dress. Yeah. It's your calling card, yeah. you know? It's yeah. the first thing that they see about you. So yesterday we saw the Ravens, actually Saturday, excuse me, we saw the Ravens handily take care of the Houston Texans. Before we talk about the other playoff matchups, I want to talk about Baltimore versus Houston and how it made you reflect on what happened the previous Saturday when Houston beat the Browns. Do you feel better or worse about the Browns' loss against Houston in terms of who Houston was as a team and how the Browns performed, seeing how they competed against the one-seed Baltimore Ravens? Do you I, don't, start? I don't feel any different. Sorry. I don't feel any different because it's not the same set of circumstances. The Ravens were at home and the Texans were having to play in cold weather as opposed to the Texans being at home. I, I mean, I did think, wow, this Ravens defense looks way better than the Browns defense. And, and I was like, hey, I think the Ravens defense maybe is more legit than the Browns. But it didn't make me feel any better or worse about the Browns losing to the Texans. What it, what it made me do is I woke up a little bit. So first of all, 
I, I think one of the biggest the one of the biggest factors in the playoffs is home field advantage. Mm-hmm. You you watch those teams that get an opportunity to play in front of their crowds during home field advantage. They're a different team. You just you just get it, it adds so much more. And so that means during the regular season, the teams that keep the pedal to the metal, uh, you know, the teams that consistently put those games up, they want home field advantage. And you can see that it's a big, it's a really big advantage to get home field advantage. Second of all, too, I look at the Ravens and I look at the Texans. What I've started to look at is I'm looking at the roster and the Browns to a certain extent are going to have to overdo it at certain places. Um, because when you start getting down to these teams right here, you start to see the, the playmakers and you start to see the guys that, you know, you know, everything is, is considered equal, all, all things be, uh, you know, being equal. But then you start to see the playmakers making plays, the guys that, that, that are special. And I think sometimes we get enamored with the fact that we believe that your quarterback, we lean on it. Hey, your quarterback has to make people better. The quarterback, yes, that is true. But when you playing with another franchise quarterback or you playing against the guys like the Ravens or you playing against Patrick Mahomes, you got to have multiple people to give to your quarterback that you can consistently but, compete. Gee, I, I don't disagree with your premise. However, I would argue that Amari Cooper is better than any wide receiver on the Ravens or the Chiefs. And Nick Chubb is better than any running back on the Ravens or the Chiefs. Well, I will say that Nick Chubb was hurt. Now, Amari Cooper, yeah. Amari Cooper, I, I like Amari Cooper, He's right? He's better than anybody the, either of these teams have at wide receiver. Not I, I, he, but what, I'm, what I say is for terms of skill yeah. set. Amari Cooper is not a guy that's going to take the top off something. When you when you see Zay Flowers, when you see the speed that, that, that uh, you, you know, even Lamar Jackson is running at, when you still see – well, That's Lamar. I can't – what where are we did this, do? Where did the likely – where did likely come from? Right, so you got Mark Andrews, and you had likely. On that I know, roster. but the point is, neither the Ravens nor the Chiefs are loaded at the skill positions. They're not loaded. There's better teams well, than those. They're teams substantially still. better at quarterback, and that's sure. so. And that's, that's the biggest position. Yes, but okay. So that's why you got to get guys that make your quarterback. See, if you get better weapons, you get better materials. Well, look I how much better you, Lamar looks when they gave him Zay Flowers, and they, they gave okay, him. Okay, but to, to be fair to Lamar, now Lamar had. You know, everybody's killing teams that didn't sign. And, and team team like the Falcons should. Now, ultimately, I think the Ravens would have – people are killing teams like the Falcons for not offering Lamar a contract. I think the Ravens would have matched anything that he was offered, clearly, because they eventually oh, yeah. offered him a lot of money. However, Lamar was coming off two kind of down seasons. He wasn't right. terrible, but they were a little down. But Lamar still won an MVP – with nobody three years ago or four years ago. But they did invest their first round draft pick in a receiver, and he became their number one receiver this I know, year. But, oh, that's fair. But you can't, the, again, the Ravens and Chiefs are not loaded with skill position talent. Their quarterbacks have been great. They elevate other guys. You're yeah. saying we need other guys to elevate our quarterback. So we thought the shot. It's incumbent upon the quarterback yeah. to raise the level of play of those around him. We thought Deshaun Jackson's Watson that. was a quarterback that could raise the level of play. And he hasn't yet. And he hasn't to this point in Cleveland. So as the GM, what you got to say is we, we expected him to be able to elevate. If we got questions about that, now we have to elevate around. Well, Agreed. but here's the problem with that. Because we've got a beautiful experiment with the control. And the control is Joe Flacco. And with Joe Flacco, Amari Cooper and David Njoku look as good as we've seen them. They shine. They've looked as good as we've seen them. Yeah, I mean, I think Amari Cooper 
To, to me, it's especially Najoku. I'm on. Yeah, but I mean, Amari you. Cooper had a 260, set a franchise record in a single game. I hear, but I think Amari Cooper was still excellent with everybody. He was, but he Whereas was Najoku at his best really, with Joe. Uh, really blew up with Joe. Right, I think but I, I'm more. saying the control in this experiment is because you're absolutely right. I've looked at the skills positions players that Kansas City had. I've said all year, they don't scare me. They don't scare me. They don't scare me. All of a sudden, when the playoffs come, we haven't even given enough flowers to what Patrick Mahomes has done historically. For reference, he is in his sixth season. He has already won his 12th playoff game. 13th. 13th now. <laughs> to get to 12, it took Peyton Manning 17 years. What this guy is doing is simply rewriting what we've thought of that Six position. straight AFC champions. He's won. He averages two wins per season. In the playoffs, that's why he's been in the AFC Championship game for six straight years. It's mind-boggling what he's done. And this year, in particular, he's doing it a different way. Their defense is tremendous. They were rattling off some stats about that Kansas City defense during the game last night. And with each stat, I kept saying, oh, my God. Nobody has scored 24. Oh, my right. God. Nobody has given up. Has right. sco- had but 400 their defense yards. Was, was good yesterday, good. but it wasn't amazing. It's always good. But this year... They added that as a major tool. Yes, as a way to win the ball games. Better than they, they have. are running the but ball better. Pacheco he still helps. has played great, but he, especially in the playoffs, yes. boom, he yes. goes up here. So I just want to see him. I want to see Deshaun Watson elevate the play of those around him. So, but I've come to the conclusion that Deshaun Watson ain't him. Patrick Mahomes. Well, is no Michael, one's him. Patrick Mahomes is a Michael Jordan of this era. But we can still and expect him to character. make his players better. So yes, he can make those the players better. So my thought process is this: in AFC, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, this is the way it is. You got to be three of these four. You're gonna have to be Burrow. You're gonna have to be Lamar Jackson. You're gonna have to be Josh Allen, or you're gonna have to be Patrick Mahomes. Right. And if Justin Herbert throw in Herbert, coach. throw in Herbert. So yeah. you got so that's the gauntlet you got to run. And if you believe and CJ Stroud and if CJ Stroud <laughs> just came about, if you if you believe that Deshaun Watson is not better than those guys, which I would argue he's not better than those four guys, then how can you win with him by guessing and hoping he elevates? No, you got to have talent that is top-notch, and then he can elevate them to that level. Th- that, and then now you can compete. And that's a fair argument. Yes. But it's all based on the assumption that he is not in the top five in the AFC. It's right. pretty He's hard to get right there. It's pretty hard to get there. Josh, Al- Josh Allen played lights out. I thought Josh Allen, the way he runs people over and like, you don't need a running back. Burrow is going to come back. We don't know what it is with that. And Lamar Jackson just had his best best year, you know, t- you know, his best year that he's had in some years. Those guys all have elite things like Lamar Jackson. And they're all what, 27? They're young. So yeah. So you. I mean, can, none of them are going to age out in the next three years. No. So it's 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 like Magic Bird and, and playing against Magic Bird, Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons and and, and the uh, and Michael Jordan. If you're the Cavs, hey, I know Mark Price is pretty good. He ain't better than Isaiah Thomas. Hey, I know Larry Nance and those guys. He ain't Scottie Pippen. And you consistently got to go through all them teams yeah. just to get to the championship. And it's like, yes, that was a good squad. But there's levels to it. What, and Mahomes, Mahomes shows you his levels. The Mahomes. Browns have to, you know, especially the Chiefs. Now, Lamar may be a different story. He's still got a lot to prove in the playoffs. Certainly. He does. But, like, <laughs> this was supposed to be the down year for the Chiefs. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Was. 
Well, and, also, both. Well, I, I want to cut you off. Yeah, we'll sorry. get to the Chiefs in one sec, but yeah. real quick, better or worse? You said indifferent. Yeah, I'll give my answer. I'm, I'm yeah. more inclined to go along with him. I, I, I certainly don't feel better. I cannot say that, oh, well, wow. Yeah, you know, sure. Houston really gave Baltimore a struggle. Right, now right. I don't feel so bad. So I definitely don't feel better. If anything, I feel slightly worse. But to Bull's point, would they have seven pre-snap penalties with that crowd they, in Baltimore? They, they, they like, imploded. Y- your comment of home field advantage being Excuse. the biggest single advantage a team can have in a playoff game, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes, the road teams are all going home. And Patrick Mahomes is him. He's that special guy. He's good enough to overcome a crazy home field advantage. So for me, I don't want to sit here and say, oh boy, now I'm really troubled because they boat race ball, uh, Houston. Here's where I know this team can be. We beat Baltimore in Baltimore this year in a game that was very important to Baltimore. It's not like they were playing backups or it didn't matter. We beat them with our guy, yes. Deshaun Watson. Yes, we're close. So it can be done. What troubles me the most, especially after seeing the way this, these playoffs have played out, you're likely not going to have home field advantage in the playoffs. And what was our Achilles heel this year? Of all items this year, it was road games. Outside of the Ravens game. And the defense. Outside of the Ravens game. It wasn't game. just offense. It was the it, defense. It was the defense. So, for me, it, when, you, when you stack up the evidence like this, Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and this you know, gauntlet of AFC quarterbacks are young and they're not going anywhere. With the fact that this team as constituted is nowhere near a playoff team when they're on the road, that's troubling because they're likely going to have to find a way to be good well, on the road. To yeah, make, that's going to have to change next year. And three, if you don't got to three times, you like it's hard. Teams have done it, but though. you know what they have to do. Here's what they have to do, or they're always going to be on the road in the playoffs. They have to beat not one of, but both. Yeah, they got to go four no. Allen and Jackson in the regular season. Yep. They've got to win the division to secure a one home playoff game. Yes, and, and that is a steep mountain to climb. It is. It is. It is great. Let's start with the rest of the playoff games real quick. And, Ball, I'll let you start on this one. If you're watching, we appreciate it. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It is totally free. Ball, you can start wherever you want between the three other playoff games. If you want to start with well, Mahomes beating Allen on the road, I mean, we Baker, are, we kind of talk, you Listen, I, I, I think Josh Allen is a hell of a player. And I know he played well yesterday, but he's got to be better. I mean, he, that's it. He's got to win. He, ha- he finally had Mahomes in his place. And I thought they that threw. The, I one. thought they. I, now I thought the game plan was terrible. I thought they took him out of his rhythm by running the ball as much as they did. And I know they've been a good running team. You can't just run the ball and beat Patrick Mahomes. You you can't win that way. You got him and Josh Allen. You got to let him cook. And I didn't. I thought they got him out of rhythm. And that last drive, guys, mm. it was like they didn't know what they wanted to do. Whether it was to kill clock, or just score. Or it's okay if we get a field goal, or we got to get a touchdown. It's like they weren't. They, it's like they confused themselves. Was the ghost of last year in their heads? I thought it was, and they showed it in the open to the game. Yeah. I don't want to say I forgot how great it was, but I kind of forgot how great it was. Yeah. They scored what looked like was the touchdown to put them in the Super Bowl. You talk yeah. about. By the way, 
I know that the Browns say we're hacked, we're cursed. No, the Bills are cursed. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Bills are cursed. Oh, yeah. As much as we can feel sorry for ourselves, I'll be sick. This team lost four straight Super Bowls. Yeah. One on a missed field goal. That kick last that, night went was like I know it was. That's it was like the curse gods went. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was crazy. And, and, and it's crazy because now, yeah, thirty years later. They're, they've got another Hall of Fame quality quarterback who's yep. built to win in this kind of weather and yep. this, and they can't get over Patrick and their Mahomes. Was bananas. Their crowd I mean. was great, but as I'm watching it at the end, I, I'm with you. I'm thinking, what are you doing? Yeah. This is what you last year when you scored, and there were 13 seconds left. There's if they played that final 13 seconds out a thousand times, I think the Chiefs win once right and, yeah and they did it and so I, i'm wondering bull because i was yeah. saying the same thing what are we doing here the first objective has to be score the touchdown get, yes. them all, get them out you of here you can't play clock games no and you can't play for a field goal no you cannot you, you know and that mahomes did. is going to score a touchdown and or at least score a field goal right and i just thought they took their foot off the gas they did they've got the guy Right. But they're not using him properly. And then they did. And listen, he made a couple. He missed a couple of throws. He did. They miss had some a throws. couple of bad drops. But like, overall, I thought he played well enough to win I'm, the game. I'm going to say the the biggest thing that stood out to me was Stephon Diggs. Man, I know what's Steph, he doing. Stephon Diggs, you can't have 18, 20 yards. You drop the ball right in your hands. Two hands. This is a problem when you got smallest receivers that ain't really that fast. Because now, well, I knew he was a wrap for him. <laughs> when they start putting him in an Elijah Moore role in the backfield, giving him tosses and, and sweet, I said, since when is Stephon Diggs got to get the ball like this? That's because you're not getting no separation. Right. And if you got Josh Allen, I'll be trying to tell y'all, if y'all want to win in this AFC, you got to overdo it. You got Stephon Diggs. Your number one goal should be finding another receiver that's a, a, as a headliner. Forget all the rest of that yeah. stuff. Because if you get two guys... Now Josh Allen is yeah. you're in trouble. How about that touchdown throw he made on fourth down to Shakir and the oh great catch? Yeah, 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 yeah. At first I was like, no way he's inbounds on that. And, and I didn't think he was, was either. That was a great play, but I just didn't understand. Like, and but I thought Allen, like on that last play before they tried the field goal, he threw to the end zone. Like you got to get a first down there. Yeah. yeah. Don't go for it all on that play. I, I see teams do that a lot, and it surprises weird. me. Go to the sticks. Move yeah. the chains. Yeah, you know, Jay, you did say it. Pacheco, he's he's now emerged as a guy because they literally have a run game now. They do. And he runs hard. Uh, they, Rasheed Rice is a, is a rookie, number one receiver. He's the number one guy. And you got to give credit to where credit is due. Kelsey showed up. We, we saw Kelsey. It might not have been vintage two years ago, Kelsey, but that Kelsey was good enough to get it he, done. He's still damn good. He's still good. Yeah. He's still I, my favorite part about the weekend yeah. was Jason Kelsey. Uh, he was I, what yeah. you were seeing in awesome. real time was a guy who's been pretty buttoned up for his entire career. Take off his shirt, throw back a bunch of beers, and absolutely. And then he jumped in the crowd. I know he did. It was <laughs> like, what is this guy? And I loved every second yeah. of it. Did you see before the game when he was tailgating with, he, with it was <laughs> like, it was almost like he's saying I'm live my fantasy. Yeah. I've never been able to do this. Yeah. Right. I'm always in the games. I can't look at this. 
I mean, it was that, People are hating on him. They're hating oh, on Taylor. Leave nonsense. Taylor Swift alone already. Yeah, yeah, Leave yeah. her alone. I She's see, having fun. Who cares? Hey, 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 My see. only beef was with Patrick Mahomes' wife's hat. That was very disturbing. <laughs> her hat was extremely now, disturbing. I, I don't, besides that, I got no problem. I don't, want, I don't want to switch the game, but, but one thing that hit me from the, the weekend games was, man, these Lions got a lot of talent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, that, that 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 team's that, good. That Jameer, very good. that Gibbs. Now that's a team fast with that loaded skill position. He got I know they different do. speed. Hey, you know they made a comment, and I'm hoping you guys can fill in the blanks because yeah. I haven't studied it closely enough. When they showed what's her name, Sheila Ford. Sheila Firestone Ford, the yeah, richest yeah. name of all time. Yeah, that name no oozes billion Firestone dollars. Ford? What's crazy. crazy to me is they talked about her bringing together the football side and the business side. And I don't know what that meant, but they were effusive in praise for her on how she's run the organization, how she's gone out and hired the right people for the right spot. I love Dan Campbell, guys. If I could pick any coach right now in the NFL, now he might have a burnout rate. Yes, Because it's a little John Gruden-esque. And I was told by some folks that covered the Raiders, love them early. Because mm-hmm. you're going to hate him later. And the players will too. And they burned out on John. And, his, and he might have that going on, but I love him right he's now. He's done a great job. Oh, his his emotion, I worry in a big spot, could get the best of him. I agree. But there's a lot more good than bad with Campbell. I, I mean, he has. Yeah. Yeah, that it's not the Sirianni emotion. Like, yeah. the, the meltdown in Philly was dealing with an over-emotional coach. Yeah. I think Campbell so far has been, it's been, Channeled in the right direction, but I do worry that there could be a spot yeah. where, you know, he just loses it. You know what's awesome way. about him is, and, and I think more people need to be this way, and we're so in our camps about everything, he's, he is a football meathead. Yeah, he is. And oh, he's doubt. all in on analytics. At the yeah, same he's time. both. He's a good combo. He has found that perfect combo, and, 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 and it works. And after, after that whole debacle in Dallas with the report, they're yeah. not reporting, they could have they could have flamed out after that's that. That's true. That, that could have spiraled a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah. But they got great offensive line, two good running backs, uh, two good receivers, special. a great tight end. Uh, Let, let's throw the in there too, guys. Goff. I think the quarterback is a big part of Jared their success. Goff Jared Goff out his mind was a bust. Yes, as a first round pick, and now he's the most underrated quarterback. And think about NFL, it. I think think about his journey. You talk yeah. about NFL creates these storylines in, yeah. in a lab somewhere. His journey this year, should it culminate in a Super Bowl, it's already partly come true. The guy that he was given up for yep. came to the new team, the Rams, and won a Super Bowl, yep. making it seem like yep. Goff was holding us back. Yep. Right. And now you fast forward a couple of years, and although the Rams deserve credit for being back in the cycle that fast, right. The Rams come to Detroit, and you talk about the ultimate redemption story. Right. I mean, that would be the equivalent of Baker beating the Browns in a Super Bowl. Right. Trent Dilfer beating, you know, he he won one for the Ravens, but he won it in Tampa Bay. I I think think neither team is unhappy with that trade. I think you're right. It worked out well for both Particularly the Detroit's still up here. And I think it goes to show that just sometimes a quarterback and a coach – the, just not the right they, fit. They, yeah, not the right, right fit. Right. Jared Goff's not a top five quarterback, but he's in that second group. Uh, he's he is absolutely cemented in, the in that second, second group. group, and he's good enough. Yep. And he's good, and he's he's not perfect, but he's good. But their skill position talent, 
Jameer Gibbs is, is you know, one of the most skilled running backs he in the league. Fast. He's fantastic. Montgomery is a different type of back. He's a good, solid player. At wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown is fantastic. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned pro. Hutchinson Elite. is like, is it, where is he? Where does he rank hey, now yeah, among pass rushers? Yeah, yeah he's, he's. Because for me. He's not in that top tier, but he's in the second. He's tier. not, but he's breaking that no, ceiling. He's going to be in it very quickly. He and, only, he's only not in it because he's not established. Well, but Yeah, and their, and their offensive line is one of the best in the league. Their offensive line's great. Yeah. Their tight end is arguably the best young tight end in the league. I mean, who how, who's ever had this good a rookie season as a tight end? I, I, I think it's the know. best no, rookie the season best. we've ever seen by a tight end. It's it might in the be. Top, bull, his tight end season, Laporta by the numbers is a top five pass catcher rookie season ever. We're not talking tight end. Yeah. We're talking receivers. Where's, where's Hutchinson ranking sacks, by the way? I think he had 11 and a half, nine and a half. The yeah, first he, was, he was below, below nine miles. and a half, 11 and a half. That's a nice jump. Yeah, that's you like expect that. that progression to continue. Yeah, and their D line. They said he's good. added that swim, that spin move, yeah. Yeah. He, which he said he added this in during the season, which I love. And a lot of his sacks late in the year came off that spin move. Now we get to see him with that spin move for an entire year. Yeah, he's going. So and I give Baker credit. I thought Baker, listen, he threw a bad pick at the end of the game. The first pick was tipped. What are you going to do? Yeah. The second pick was bad, a bad throw. But he was in a tough spot, and the guy made a great play. Baker played very well in this game. He, he, the he overall played well. He missed a few throws like any other quarterback's going to be. Big touchdown to, to Mike Evans. But overall, he back. played well. Uh, and there you go. He's going to be a starting quarterback. I'm the, there was some random Twitter handle saying, the Bucks are going to pay him $45 million a year. There's that's no nonsense. chance that's true. No, he just trying to, Baker, I've been trying to the, get you that 30 yeah. for a minute. Is he now back to the 30? I think he could be. I think he could be. Yeah, I mean, he, he like, I don't want him, I don't, I'm not giving him a five-year deal, but maybe he no, gets I'd like give a, him a three-year deal a and I'd give him deal. close to $80, $90 million. If I'm the Bucks, I'd stick with him. I, well, listen, they have said already that they want him back. I don't love Baker. I don't agree. He, he's definitely not a top 10 quarterback, but he's, he's in the middle. He's a mid-tier quarterback. And if you put a good enough team around him, who knows? I don't trust him in a big spot, but the bottom line is the guy had a pretty big, he had a good season, and I'm not going to crap on him. Did you see he's any a of his player, his, but, I, but, he's, but I'm not going to crap his on him. And I think, by the way, I, I can disagree with nothing that you just said, other than I do think he's bottom tier in the top 10, just because he was in the top 10 of all the stats this year. But let me ask you this, because yeah. when I was watching it, I was thinking, I wonder what Bull says about this. Yeah. Um, I am seeing a different Baker Mayfield off the field. Well, I think he has changed some I, things. I do think he has, and for all the people that want to kill the Browns, and I think at the time what the Browns did made sense. Obviously, it hasn't worked out on the Watson front. But I don't know if he would have changed had he stayed on the Browns. Listen, Bull, he I probably had to I don't think go he through what he went through. I think what happened to the Browns ultimately was yeah. the best thing that could have happened to him and the Panthers. That had to be yeah, really he went humbling. Through a, the last two years were awful. They were humbling. He played poorly. He was hurt. He didn't get it done. He looked silly at times with some of his comments, and he has bounced back and had a nice season. The one season. comment that I said, yeah. I, I got to ask Bull about this. Gardner Johnson, I think his name is, the defensive back for yeah. the Lions, yeah, yeah. said, it's a nice squad if they had a good quarterback. Right. They, they asked Baker about that, and I think they asked him, you know, were you offended by that? And first of all, his comments to me, instead of firing back and being like snippy back, he was just like, hey, he's a good player. He's been in the league for a long time. This guy's a good player. But I loved when he said... Yeah, I'm offended. I've got small man syndrome or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like that. It was self-deprecating, and I think it's true. He, he needed that. I, you know, listen, I, I, I got – I'm not going to kill I, Baker. I, I, I want to ask you – I, I thought you, he played well. I want to ask you guys, did you do, have yeah. you changed your mind about Brock Purdy? And – I was already cemented. And, and, and is Jordan – is Jordan Love now 
one of those dudes you have to watch I like out for. Jordan Love. I like yep. Brock Purdy. I thought I thought Sandy was better than Josh Allen. I still don't agree with that. Uh, but I think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. I, I think he does what they ask him to do. I definitely don't think he'd be as good if he didn't have all the – he's got a ton of talent around him. But he's a good quarterback. Jordan Love is – I think Jordan Love is very good. Although I, I was watching some clip of uh, somebody who said – was talking about the 2020 quarterback draft, which is maybe the greatest quarterback draft ever. Yeah. I mean, think about 2020. Burrow, Herbert, Tua, Jordan Love, and who, there's a fifth guy. I'm really, my jury's, I'm still out on Tua. But who's the fifth guy? I am kind I of don't think Tua's that Mike, guy. who's the fifth quarterback from 2020? I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but even if you're out on Tua, he hasn't been a bust. Not a bust. No, no, he's right, right, not, right. he's not, doesn't belong in the, in the, to me anyhow. But if the, Tua's the fifth best quarterback yeah, in a draft. That's a great I draft. Mean, uh, it's like the 83 draft class that had Marino and Boomer. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he's the I mean, think one. about that. Two was the fifth quarterback probably of it's that insane. group. Now, but whoever it was, I can't remember now, said they'd take Jordan Love over Joe Burrow, which I thought was insane. That is nuts. Now, I really, I'm very impressed with Jordan Love. You know Love. what, though? That There's throw no way I'm end, taking him over Burrow. That throw at the end is extremely concerning to me. That was a terrible that throw. Violated, he's a quarterback I know, barely but, played. But you know that that violates the cardinal Rule agreed. He you played can't overall. Do that. He played lights out down the stretch. Think about it. He was great. Everybody killed the Packers when they drafted him. They were right. They were right. Oh, the, the Packers yeah. were yes. right. Yeah, and think about this. Yeah. You talk about the Steelers and their track right track record with head coaches, how they just hit on them. Yeah. Look what the Packers have done with quarterbacks yeah, in their drafts. They, they yeah. I mean, now they didn't draft Brett Favre. He was the, the Falcons. Traded, yeah. But there were other teams that saw what Brett Favre was that could have gone after him. The Packers went after him. They got him. They had him for 18 years or whatever right. the hell it was. And then Aaron Rodgers had a long run. And now it yeah. looks like he is the next in the succession of great quarterbacks. And they hit on these mediocre receivers. That'd be good all of a sudden. They're, they're so funny. You look at their <laughs> yeah, skill right. position talent. They have like five. They have nobody special. No. Nobody special. Like Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones is a very good back. I like Aaron Jones. He's a very good back. And then they have five good, like really good wide receivers. Right. None of them are elite. Romeo Dobbs. I'm like, where did you come from? Yeah. Dante. Jaden Reed. Reed. Yeah, Wicks. Yeah. Where did you come from? By the way, has anybody seen the video where this white couple has a baby and the nurse is black and she's like, well, what are you going to name the kid? Oh, yeah. And they say, uh, Dontavian or something Didn't like that. Didn't you send that to the group? Oh, uh, maybe I, I did. Like I don't did. remember. Yeah, yeah. I, that video cracked it's, it's me great. up when I it's saw it. It's very fun. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or Jamarcus. Or yeah. Yeah. It was really you good. Sure? It was really good. Well, we got about five minutes for Super Chats. but No, yeah. no, you're good. But I want to make sure you got a chance to touch on this because you tweeted a bunch about it this weekend, and we don't talk a ton of Guardians in the offseason, but Guards Fest was this weekend. And something Paul Dolan said pissed, me pissed off. you off. So what did he say? The floor is yours. Well, well, can we play the clip or no? Yeah, we can play the clip. And if you want to get up, it's two minutes long, though, so. Don't, don't play it. So Paul Dolan had this dopey smile on his face. And he's at Guards Fest. He never takes any, like, tough media questions. He just gives a statement. He did answer one question, like, uh, something about free agency. What are you going to do? Or, or, or add some power. Adding a power back. Frankly, I think a lot of our improvement is going to come internally and organically. Which means a rebuild. I mean, what what are we doing here? Wow. Do you know how much do you know wow. that the Guardians <laughs> the Guardians since since signing Edwin and Cornacion seven years ago have spent roughly seventy five million in free agency in seven years. And one of the big that, signings last year they cut. Right, and and, and, mo- and oh, most of those guys they've signed over the and last Bell. seven years well, Bell, they have trade not him. been yeah, any good. So they, yeah. 
The Guardians have been a non-factor in free agency. And listen, I think Antonetti and Chernoff deserve some criticism. I think they haven't done as well a job the last couple of years. But overall, the Guardians have had this tremendous front office, and they have no flexibility, nothing whatsoever. And the fact that he says, oh, we're going to do that internally and organically. The last Guardians outfielder to hit 20 home runs just retired. Michael Brantley. And, and they let him go. Yes. And by the way. I mean, they could have kept him. They should have signed what, given them the money. Yes, they should have. Now, he was coming off some injuries, so I, I understood, but he played didn't, great. Didn't slow him down. 20 home runs is not a high bar, Jay. Not for an outfield. I'm not saying 30. No. I'm not saying 40. Right. Tw- they haven't had a 20 home run guy in a decade well, in their outfield. What they hit That's combined insane. last year. What their outfielders hit combined last year. Their everyday like outfielders. 15, 10. I don't know. I mean, that is crazy. That is an indictment of the biggest proportion. You can't. Nobody's asking the Guardians to lead the league in home runs. I'm not asking no. that. Even though the. Tampa Bay Rays, who have a small payroll, too, led the league in home and runs. by the way, they did. They, they went from where the Guardians were. They right. like 27th or 28th we, in home can, runs, and then they led the league. It, is it too much to ask for them to be in the middle of the pack? Is that unfair? To With ask? everything. Salary. Hey. Yes. Home run production. Hey. Come on now. They don't. This is so crazy. If it was a restaurant, they don't pay for promotion. They don't pay for ingredients, better ingredients to elevate the taste of the food. Yeah. They don't pay any chefs. They're using government cheese. Yeah, they're using the, the, the sliced cheese that don't melt. You got to put it under the, the griller. They don't They don't even buy the chefs. They don't even go get an experienced chef to, to uh, be able to make mediocre food. With well, mediocre they did food. have one so in, 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 at the, in the head coach, or in, the, in the manager. But once Tito's gone, now right. we don't and, have that guy anymore. And he was the chef tired, is gone. And he, you almost killed him. Because I, this guy's like, hey, listen, dude, I, this is my last year. Give me something. And Work I, with me. I was so frustrated. Le- yesterday morning, I was listening to, on Sunday mornings on MLB radio, they have a show called The Front Office. And it's uh, two former GMs, Jim Bowden, Jim Phillip. Duquette. Oh, okay. Not Yeah, Phillips sometimes goes like in on there. I do too. Bowden and Duquette were on, and they were interviewing, I can't think of his name now, the general manager of the Reds. He's, he's new there. I can't think of his name. He's done a good job. Yeah. He's had a nice offseason, and the Reds have spent some money. We know Cincinnati, similar size market to Cleveland, right? Smaller. Now, right, and it's a, you it's know. It's a better baseball town, though. No. It is. But history-wise. We, we, yeah, and they only have two teams, right? They only yeah. have two major teams. And he was, and they asked him, because the, the, the Reds spent, uh, gave three years, $45 million to this guy named uh, Jamer Candelario. Good player. Yeah. Uh, he'd been with Washington. The Cubs got him at the end of last year, and he, he signed with Cincinnati. And Jim Bowden said to him, you know, you guys didn't really need an infielder. Uh, you really needed more of an outfielder. So why did you sign Candelario? Because you guys got all these good young infielders. Right. And he says, you know, Jim, we needed power. And yeah, maybe it would have been better if we got it in the outfield. But I'm going to figure, we'll figure that out as a team. Right. We needed to add some thump, veteran thump to the lineup. And I went with the best guy at the price. That I, and it was like, okay, all right, well, if I'm not going to get much production from my outfield power-wise, well, then I better get a ton out of my infield. Sure. A ton. Yeah. Now, the Guardians have gotten decent home run production from the infield. that went down last but year. But not, not even close to make up for what they they lose in the outfield. No. So it's I like, he's like we had to spend some money. We had to get some veterans in here. And the Reds have this great, young, exciting lineup. And the Guardians lineup, ugh. Here's what's crazy to me. And, and this is driven home when you say Cincinnati's a better baseball town. It is, undeniably. Let's think about where these two organizations were four or five years ago. The Guardians 
were just removed from a Game 7 loss yep. in the World Series, and things were couldn't look any better. Meantime, our cousins to the Southwest, the fan base had decided this owner isn't doing enough. They were boycotting the Reds. They were booing the owner at American Great American Ballpark. To the owner's credit, he made he did something about it. He's spending money. I think he's got a really good general manager in there. Mm-hmm. You look at the roster of the Cincinnati Reds, that's a Guardians-esque roster. That's stuff we have t- traditionally right. done. This nonsense that let me put this through the bullshit translator. Can we put the Dolan comment up again? Yeah. You know the bu- I love the bullshit translator. You, you know, we used it with and- Andrew Barry. I'm going to oh, yeah. use it right now with Paul Dolan. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He said, frankly, a lot of our improvement is going to come internally and organically. We've got a lot of young guys and we've got to see what they can do. I'm going to run that through the bullshit translator. You ready? We're going to suck. We're not going to spend money. We're in a rebuild, and we're going to do it with all of our young guys. There's nothing to see here, so stay home for a few years. Right. That's what that comment says That's to me. It. He had this smile on his face. I wanted to. It made me so angry because this division stinks. It's winnable. It's what they got a good young pitching staff. You know, no. I, I believe Bull. They're going to yeah. trade Bieber before opening day and Classe before opening day. Yeah. If you're going to wear the suit of rebuild, you might as well wear it the whole it's, thing. It's so frustrating because. And what the Reds have done this offseason, they got this, the Reds got this good young team. Exciting young now, team. Now, their young pitchers are not as good as the Guardians' young pitchers, but they're still good. Yeah. And they've got all these good young hitters, and the Guardians don't. Right. Have, they have some, but their guys have come up to the majors and made an impact. Contributed right away. Right away, where the Guardi- most of the Guardians' guys have got not. They've got a speed element to their team. They certainly do. They're fun and to watch. they got position flexibility. And what they did was they went and signed a veteran starter. They, they didn't sign any one player to it. The biggest contract was the Candelaria contract, 345. Right. So they spent a decent amount on him, but that's not crazy. That's not considered a contract. But they went and signed a vet, like one year, $20 million on a veteran pitcher because he's like, we got all these young pitchers. We need a veteran there. They added three veterans to the bullpen because they got a good young bullpen. But they're like, we need some experienced guys out there. They Nobody's asking the Guardians to go get Otani or Bellinger. I'm saying sign some quality veterans, not long shots at the end of their careers like Josh Bell. Have they done anything but Austin Hedges? That's it. Who else uh, did they bring yeah, in? They, they, they brought, brought in someone in else. Scott Barlow. Scott, yeah, Scott Barlow. It's a nice pickup. I it's fine. Like that that one's fine. I'm not going to come for but that. But the it. Austin Hedges pickup. No. <laughs> what? That that's what you're going to push on your fan base? That was hilarious. You got something to say, Jay? <laughs> I do, bro. <laughs> Learn to hit. Yo. Honestly, I think Jay could hit better than Austin Hedges in the big leagues right now. I, I would bet on Jay. I got a lot of faith in him. I think you'd have a higher batting Thank average you, than Austin Hedges. Thank you. I, I, I believe w- that. I would say that statement's maybe the most absurd one you've ever said. 
but I appreciate the compliment. It couldn't be much worse. <laughs> I mean, bad. I'm, I'm, one, two, I'd put the bat on the Well, you know what's crazy? I know I did yeah. I actually kind of agree with you. <laughs> and, that's, and I saw Jay play. Jay, Jay could legitimately play baseball. He can't they, catch not, like Austin, Austin Hedges, Hedges and Miles Straw might be the two worst hitters in the league. Well, in well, all likelihood, the they will well, finish at the bottom of the yeah. batting average. Yeah. Well, I did your now, Hedges, is, I, I assume, is not going to play much. He'll just be the backup catcher. Yeah. And, and was was last year was was uh, Straw? Did he finish with the lowest average? Because two years ago, I think he. I think he had the lowest OPS. <laughs> oh yeah, OPS. Yeah, lowest yeah. OPS. Wow. So I did the math real quick in a 441 games, what their outfield played in totality, which is pretty healthy. Yeah. Between Straw, Quan, and Will uh, Will Brennan played 136 games in right field. So a relatively healthy outfield. 11 home runs in 441 games between those three. So uh, I got two super chats That's real quick to wrap the it up. Oh or the, the floor for, for off. I, I'll guarantee you in the modern day live era of, of baseball, in the live ball era of baseball, oh. That's got to be a record by a lot. That's three and a half a piece. There were probably dead ball teams <laughs> more than 11 all runs in the outfield. Juan had five. Brennan had five. Straw had one. All oh right, we got two Super God. Chats before we wrap up here. Charles T. sent them both. His first comment is, guys, you're killing Stefanski for firing AVP like he's proven he came to the Browns after being a career quarterback coach Stefanski with five teams. Guys, that, that, that's just wrong in its premise. Never, Nobody never, never. on this panel thinks that Kevin Stefanski fired AVP. In fact, we have intel from reporters that have talked to players that said that was not a Stefanski move. I don't for a second think that was Stefanski. He doesn't even have that. He doesn't have that power. I don't. I mean, and if I knew Stefanski did it, I'd have no problem with it. Right. If that was a Stefanski call, I wouldn't have a problem with it. He knows better than anybody. The second one comes from Charles T. as well. He said, we're killing the Browns for trying to get better, more creative offensively. And we're... uh, let me start over. We're killing the Browns for trying to get better slash creative off that we were complaining about. Ford couldn't find the whole pause. Wide receivers never develop. <laughs> we, we weren't I like his own pause there. I, we didn't kill him. I, we, we, listen, we, we said we're just trying to figure out who made the decision yeah. and get us some better names than the guys that we want. And context is important for this discussion. We're killing the Browns for trying to get better and more creative we have seen this organization in the last two years try to get better and more creative on offense. Yes. They got rid of Baker, who made it to the final eight this year. They went with a guy who, in theory, was a better and more creative quarterback, and so far it hasn't panned out. So if your track record is you make all these moves and they hit, you get the benefit of the doubt. That's right. We'll see and you on all the time. Then, peace. All the time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.